everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Only we're taping it on Friday because you know what? It's supposed to snow again. And I just want you guys to know I love snow and I think it's absolutely beautiful out there. But I'm I'm over it. I want to be on the golf course now, and I'm ready for some yeah, of it to start melting. Yeah, we got a little melting. teaser here on Friday, but it sounds like it's <laughs> a short teaser, only one day, and then it's going to get ugly again. Welcome back, Stan. We well, missed thank you. Thank you. Missed you. How was uh, fishing, or did you just? I, drink? I tell you what, I, I can't. Uh... <laughs> Can't do it like I used to. I'll just put it that way. All right. And I worried about you because there was so much snow and oh my gosh. It was ugly up there. It was cold too. It got down into, I think it was 20 below Sunday morning when we woke up. So. Oh my gosh. No thanks. No thanks. I am definitely over We're the done bitter with that, cold. Thankfully, yeah. All right. This weekend is one of the most exciting weekends of the year because it's high school hockey. And if you've been over in St. Paul at all the past few days, it is so crazy over there. And I don't have a dog in the fight. I just love watching these guys skate their hearts out so good luck high school hockey players uh yeah we're getting a lot of snow take it easy folks this time it's going to be the heavy wet stuff so and uh saturday night saturday night don't forget to change your clocks and uh thank you to mary kiffmeyer who has introduced senate file 475 uh saying that let's uh have daylight savings time all the time i'm in i'm in but Today, I have Representative Jeremy Miller with me in studio. We are talking about the insanity over at over at the Capitol. It is absolutely unbelievable. We're going to talk guns. We're going to talk budget. We're going to talk gas tax. We're going to talk ERA. Oh, my gosh. You guys, you aren't going to believe the crazy stuff that's going over there. We're going to talk about uh, driver's licenses for illegal aliens. We're going to talk about, oh, you know what we're going to talk about in the second hour? We're going to talk about vaccines. I only wish. I could have callers calling in about that one. But a lot of these bills, you're seeing these bills not only in the state of Minnesota, but you're seeing a lot of the same bills on the national level, too. And you all know I'm a big states' rights proponent. Uh, so not o- But not only do we have to fight these horrible bills the Democrats keep throwing out there, uh, but we have to also fight them at a national level, too. So, Jeremy, it's crazy over there. It is so crazy. I, I can't believe the insanity. Do you know? Over 5,000 bills have been introduced between the Senate and the House. 5,000 bills. Yeah, it's really hard to keep track of them. Uh, we're doing our best, but there is some there's some really crazy harebrained ideas that are being introduced in the House. Absolutely. And you know the really crazy part about that is, you, you know, I, and I tell people this all the time. If you're watching the news, you don't know what's going on. You have no idea what's going on. And then I think of my show or I think of John and Andrew's show or Walter's show or some of the other shows that are out there where you'll, where you'll get a taste of a, a few of the crazy over there. But, like, take driver's licenses for illegal aliens. Most Minnesotans don't want that. You wouldn't even know with our local media that it's cleared three committees already. You wouldn't even know that. Or the ERA thing last night. I saw, I, I read three stories about the, we'll talk about the ERA vote later, later. but um, I, I saw three stories talking about the ERA vote. None of the stories told both sides of the story. None of them even told people what it was about. It's just, it's the most anti-woman bill I've ever seen in my life. And women, you should be furious. Who wrote that damn bill anyway? A guy? Had to be. Had to be. Oh, I'm all wound up, Jeremy. Okay, we're going we're gonna to start with the budget, though, because we had some really interesting things with the budget. Let's keep in mind, uh, Governor Waltz introduced a $49.5 billion budget. Absolutely astonishing. He said, even in spite 
spite of the projections, the revenue projections that came in last week, he wasn't going to cut that down at all. He still wanted to continue to tax people. And on top of all the taxing that he wanted to get in there, we we talked last week a little bit about the $1.3 billion bonding bill that Governor Waltz put out there, too. And um, I had um, Representative Miller on with me last week, and he was telling us that Minnesota is already sitting on a $12.4 billion debt, and it's $800 million, $800 million a year. That yeah. is astonishing. And that's just for debt service. That's right. That's I mean, we, we max out a credit card every time we do a bonding bill. Right. The, the minimum payment due on our credit cards uh, stacked up is is one point six billion dollars every biennium, every two years. And they do bonding bills that are actually less money than all the all the the minimum payments due on our credit cards. It's absolutely ridiculous and reckless spending. And it's putting our kids in debt. I mean, we're up there for a two year term. And we're determining how much we're going to be spending for the next 10 or 20 years. Right. It, it, I, all, I just cringe every time I think of what we're doing to the kids and, the, and, the, and my grandkids. It's just astonishing. Okay, I don't have any grandkids, but I will someday. Yeah, and we just, we just did another $100 million bonding bill this week. I, oh, Governor Waltz signed his first two bills, yeah. and one of them was the 102. Now, you might like this bill because you want Highway 14 down there. Everybody wants Highway 14 down there, and they've been jacking around with that highway for what? 15 years now that they were they were jacking that around under Palenti. Yeah, and I, I didn't I voted no on the bonding bill because it was a bad use of money. Uh, the, the largest bonding bill in our state's history was passed last year and they used 100 million dollars of the funding was coming out of the LCCMR, the, 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 the clean water fund. And although a lot of that bonding bill was for cleaning up water, doing wastewater infrastructure and such, uh, it was it was challenged by the environmentalists who use that money every year as their slush fund right. for research and, you know, on, on green stuff. And so they were upset about us spending their LCCMR money their slush on, fund. on actually cleaning up real water problems. And so they, they, they would challenge it in court and, and Ellison and Dayton didn't want to fight it. And so they came back to us with, just basically borrowing it out of general obligation bonds. Which okay, is another here, hundred million dollars that we should not have been spending. Exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing that bothers me so much about that, and you 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 said it right there: general obligation funds funds that puts the taxpayer on the hook. That means if all of a sudden these all came due, the taxpayers would have to write the check. Right. Oh. So it was a it was a complete misuse of funds, and they bought Republican votes on that by you know going into some special projects that would bring votes in there. But it was a it was a terrible vote, and it was a, it, we should we should let the courts fight this out if it's really unconstitutional. But but it was a, it was it was it's terrible to see this already in the session uh, in a non bonding year. Uh, uh, another hundred million dollars, and you know there'll be more. You know yeah. there will. Uh, Governor Tim Waltz intends to increase state spending the next biennium by at least nine percent. He wants to put in the largest increase in tax increase in Minnesota history. He wants four point seven billion dollars in new taxes. On the wish list is a twenty cent a gallon increase in the gas tax, a hike of about seventy percent that would make Minnesota gas tax the fourth highest in the nation. Right. And, Unbelievable. And, and it also disproportionately impacts lower income earners. And this a right. gas tax is a tax on the poor and it's a tax on people that live in rural Minnesota who drive less efficient vehicles, who drive farther to work and who uh, on average make less for the uh, in a family household. So this is a tax on rural Minnesota. This is not one Minnesota. This is 
further dividing this metro versus rural, you know, separation. We should remind people where you're from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and also <laughs> my, my name is Jeremy Munson. I introduced me as oh, Jeremy no. Miller. I'm so sorry. That's fine. <laughs> and I, I'm from House District 23B, which is uh, Blue Earth, Waseca. Wa- oh, Wanda, I have the County. right name on my sheet. Yeah. I think I was thinking about Tim Miller because he was in last week. So I represent a very rural district, and people in my district do not want a gas tax. They don't want to pay more for gas. Um, you know, income tax is a more fair tax because it, it, it because of the way it's structured. But this is a tax uh, on the poor and working class people. Oh, that just drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, so the new House Republicans had a budget meeting last week. Yeah, we put together a budget that was a, a great budget. budget. Tell us about the budget. Well, uh, first of all, we want to actually shrink the size of government. What? It's, yeah. So <laughs> we have this baked in automatic 4% increase in government every year. Um, and, you know, the legislatures say, well, it's, you know, it's law. We have to grow government every year. Well, guess what? We write laws. And so part of our budget is to remove that restriction so we don't have to grow government every year. So, so there's a big savings there. Um, and we're going through each of these departments and – uh, cutting spending um, on education. We actually are not cutting a dollar from education, but what we're doing is we're cutting all of the state regulations, all the strings that are attached to dollars that go to our schools. Um, and that is a very big pain point for schools. They have some funds are available here, but in order to comply, they have to spend all this time and money, uh, you know, figuring out how they can meet the obligations of that money. And so if we can get rid of all the regulations on our teachers and let our teachers teach, and let, all, let the local school boards and faculty and teachers and parents come together and figuring out the best way to educate kids, um, they can actually innovate and do some new things that, that maybe their school district needs. And we would free up, you know, in, in really free up a lot of money. It would be a, an increase in the dollars that they would be able to use because they'd have more flexibility. So this is going back to a block grant program where we give them a fixed amount per student and then for special needs kids a, a different amount. And let them do more with the money that they get. I'll tell you, those school funding schedules are so complicated. Yeah. I don't know whoever designed that, but what a disaster. Can't we start over? Well, that's what we want to do. We want to take that school funding book and throw it in the trash. Obviously, there's federal rules that we can't change here at the state, so those would still apply. But all of the, all of the state regulations on schools and what they have to teach uh, uh, is, it was, would be removed. And we would free up the ability for them to innovate and do things better. Education Minnesota came out last week. They said Minnesota billionaires could shred $100 bills for the next 100 years and still be rich. But we can't afford a counselor in every school, a living wage for ESPs, fully funding special education, and paid leave. They think money grows on trees. They think our money belongs to them. They have sent out tweet after tweet after tweet and public statement after public statement after public statement talking about how much money is there. There's plenty of money. We just need to take it from other people so that we can do all these crazy things with schools. Yeah, it's, it's scary that the influence that Education Minnesota has on the legislature. And on our governor. And, and on our governor. And on our governor. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue with the budget. Stay tuned. Uh, Sue Jeffers with Representative Jeremy Munson, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.
like pink. I've always liked pink. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Hope everyone's having a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, with me, Representative Jeremy Munson. We're talking about the uh, we're talking about the new Republic House Republicans budget. Uh, Governor Waltz came in with a crazy, insane, out of control budget. Uh, we haven't heard boo from the from the Republicans. So the the new House Republicans came out and they proposed their own budget with uh, tremendous uh, savings in E through 12 education. Uh, Representative Munson, where are some of the other savings? Health and Human Services, another huge part of the budget. Yeah, we can we can save two billion dollars. Whoa! In the, yeah, in the Health and Human Services budget, we you know we've identified so much fraud, waste, and abuse. It's in- crazy, and you know what? So much has been identified already and pointed out by the news stations, the legislative auditor. The I mean, so many different places have found this, and and we've prosecuted some of them. But the Democrats don't want to touch it. The Democrats don't want to address. It. They just want to keep throwing more money at it. That's right. I mean, years ago, we identified how there was uh, $600 million a year in, in fraud for uh, medical assistance and other benefits. And it's because the uh, th- there's two different databases where they have the people that are being paid and then the people that are eligible. And we've asked that those databases talk to each other. And we gave them like, over a million dollars to do this. And that was years ago. And they still have not done this to eliminate the people that are living out of state that are dead or people that don't qualify because their incomes are too high. And so we've identified $750 million a year that can be saved. So $1.5 billion that could be saved out of, out of health and human services. And then another half a billion dollars uh, because we want to get rid of CCAP. Government has, has so much fraud in right. childcare in these programs that we, enough is enough and we have to stop this, this waste of, of government dollars. The last lady that they prosecuted for four million dollars, by the way, it took over five years to to catch this woman didn't even live in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just unbelievable? It is. It's terrible. (laughs) And another area that we're going to be making some cuts is in the property tax aids and credit. So this has to do with LGA, uh, the local government aid. Um, Right now, the the large cities in in, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Duluth, Rochester, that they get more uh, local government aid per capita than many of our small towns. It's outrageous. And so basically we'd be changing the formula that would shift $188 million from these large cities that don't need it to the rural areas and uh, also maybe overall reductions uh, to take money out of the metro area. Somebody still, I've asked this question for years, um, remember when Kurt Dowd, Wanted to be governor, and so he got that bill sliding through the legislature. He just greased it right through to give um, the Mayo Clinic, Rochester, $500 million to do their hospital stuff. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Why do they get any LGA after we gave them the $500 million? Well, it's, it's, like, it's like the Viking Stadium. that They hold us hostage and, yep. and, and make threats. They either give us the money or we're leaving. And, and that's really frustrating. I mean, we are competing against other states, but when Google wants to come here or if Amazon wants to come here and says, do this or we're not going to come or do this or we're going to leave, we should not be caving. It's that we should not negotiate. 
with, with terrorists kind of thing. You know, I agree. You shouldn't, you shouldn't I agree. Negotiate this way. You know, we went crazy over the Foxconn thing in Wisconsin. We went crazy over. I still get mad over the Amazon deal because, you know, that was another underhanded thing that Governor Dayton did where he sided with who? Greater Minneapolis, St. Paul, the nonprofit organization. So they gave them all these um private details of the state of Minnesota to try to entice Google to come to Minnesota. And that proprietary state data is out there. Uh, oops, it was Amazon. Amazon has it. And what are they going to do with all that data? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And then and then to try being a taxpayer in the state of Minnesota. You can't even get a copy of it. because, And even though we've gone to court over it, you can't even see what was in the in the bid. They declared it private. You know, because yeah. it was through the nonprofit instead of, even though it was quasi nonprofit. Now, we shouldn't be doing handouts to specific companies. You know, we have companies that say, oh, you know, give us this money or we're not coming here, or give us this money or we'll leave. And we should be just lowering the tax and regulatory burden for everyone. For everyone. Yeah. And level level the playing field. And if people are here and they have businesses that they're running and they're following the rules. Why should another company be paid to come in and compete with them when when they've been here all along and being good citizens? Yeah, it's just crazy. I owned a bar and restaurant for 30 years, and I kept saying the same thing. Why do they get all these sweetheart deals? What about the rest of us that are pulling the wagon for all the rest of you deadbeats out there? Right. Well, in addition to to the other budget cuts, um, we have uh, the largest budget reserve that we've had ever. $2 billion. $2.4 billion. So So wait, wait. You people, people, listeners, do you understand where this $2 billion came from? They overtaxed us. They tax the crap out of us. They're sitting on billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they're, and, and Governor Walt says, yeah, we're just going to hang out with this couple billion dollars in yeah. this pot over here. Well, when you build such a, a large rainy day fund, when times are tough, people will not be uh, – they will not make the hard cuts they need to make. They won't make the hard decisions. And actually, like what the rest of our families do when our revenue slows down, our income slow down, is we say, hey, maybe we shouldn't have this super premium cable package or, you know, maybe we should, uh, you know, cut XM radio on our car for, for a while because we're, we're tight on our budget. If we have a huge budget reserve at the state, we will never be forced to go back and look at these programs and reevaluate their effectiveness to see if they're actually delivering what we think they're delivering. So out of the $2.4 billion, we're going to shift a billion dollars of that back into the general fund. Now, what we're going to do with this is really exciting because I don't want to do a temporary tax relief for two years. This is one-time money. I want to d- take this and... We're saying, okay, let's look through the list of taxes and what can we eliminate for a temporary basis. And I found that the license tab fees cost $781 million for a two-year period. So what I'm proposing is a one-year holiday. I'm sorry, it was a $781 million for one year. I'm proposing a one-year license tab holiday. So in other words, if your tabs expire in June of this year through May of next year, you just don't have to go to the DMV and get tabs. I'm in. I'm in. Keep your 2019 tabs on your car and and don't bother the DMV people who are uh, overworked right now, especially their deputy registrars, which are private businesses that, that issue tabs and license plates. You don't have to go in there. And they have the relief that they need dealing with this min-lars fiasco. $100 million. And, yeah, We've and, already spent $100 million. They say it's going to be another $61 million, which you know will turn into another $100 million. For a license system that still doesn't work. Right. So then 781, let's just call it $800 million, um, that, that is the cost for license tabs for a year. And then on top of that, there's about a $30 million that goes out to the counties for their stupid wheelage taxes. Oh, okay. well, those drive me we're, crazy. We're not going to fight with them. We'll pay them that money. And then in addition to that, 
Um, the rural townships have issues right now where there's, there's a budget shortfall for road repairs. So we're going to pay cash, pay cash instead of bonding for the rural roads. And then we're going to fire up the new House Republican bus and drive around the country. We'll go to the we'll go to the other 49 states that actually successfully and efficiently print driver's licenses the same day. They have ATM machines that dispense tabs, so you don't need to have people you're dealing with. And they have software that's been installed in the last 10 years. We'll find the best system. We'll copy it. We'll bring it here. Now, the rules around uh, the how these tabs are printed, how things are calculated are complicated. Guess what? We write laws. So we'll go there and we'll change our laws to conform to the software so that it makes it a fraction of the cost. Midlars has become a disaster because our, our regulations around writing uh, you know, how, how do we calculate the cost of a car for tabs are so complicated. We can make them simple. This is what I do for a day job in helping companies install large software is I write the business requirements. Well, these are the laws. Let's change the laws to conform to the software to make it simple, and we can get this done fast and efficiently and make things simple, and we don't have to write software. It's already out there. Right. It's already out there. Okay. I'm 100% in on the license tab holiday. I'm even in on the road trip Because I would love to go check out some of these other places. And just a minute ago, you said we're not going to fight with the counties about the wheelage tax. Yeah, I'm not willing to concede on that. I think we should fight the counties on the wheelage tax because they tax the snot out of us, too. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sue Jeffers with Representative Jeremy Munson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Hope you're not going too crazy with all the snow. We'll just remind everyone once again, we taped this on Friday, so we're not really in the studio. Stands out plowing snow. Uh, Representative Munson, I don't know what you're going to be doing on Saturday. Probably shoveling and plowing. (laughs) And I don't know. I think I don't know what I'll be doing, but I'll find something good to do. Uh, Okay, we're talking about the crazy, crazy, crazy that's going on over at the legislature. And if you watch the news, you've seen some of the stuff on the gas tax, some of the stuff on guns. But there are a lot of things you don't see. Um, Representative Munson, will you remind us again what committees you're sitting on? I'm on Health and Human Services Finance and a subcommittee on long-term aging. And I'm also on the Housing Committee. Okay. I want to talk um, health care. For a little bit, because, the, well, first of all, the Democrats have screwed this up so bad, thanks to Obamacare, that, I mean, I, d- I don't know how how you even fix anything short of starting all over. And far too often people confuse health care with health insurance, and insurance is outrageous. It's especially killing people in the outstate of Minnesota. It's killing anyone over 50. It's killing small business owners. It's I mean, it is just such a disaster. But tell us some of the stuff that's going on in your committee on health care. Well, um, I'll tell you about my bill on on the patient right to shop at. Oh, am I going to like it? You're you're absolutely going to love it. This is uh, this is one of the top priorities for our caucus. And uh, it's it's the top. It's number three priority for that for the Senate. Um, The patient right to shop act will drastically change how health insurance uh, is, is or how people shop for care in Minnesota in the private in the private market where premiums are astronomical and no one knows what the cost of care is. And so when you want to go to the doctor, you don't know if it's going to be a $200 visit or a $2,000 visit. Right. The Patient Right to Shop Act requires full price transparency on all services, hospitals and clinics across Minnesota. They have to report what they're, what they're being reimbursed, what the insurance companies are, are, are charging for each of these services. Um, 
the the greatest thing about this uh, act is it allows you to shop outside of your health insurance network. So right now, if you're with Ooh. Blue Cross, you have to go to a doctor in your network, and there's uh, and, and you don't know what things cost, so it's frustrating for people with deductibles. So this will allow you to see the pricing everywhere, and then choose to shop for care based on price and quality, as opposed to where the insurance company dictates you go. Now, the greatest thing about this bill is that if you find a service that's cheaper than the average in your area, the insurance company has to share in the savings with you. So if you oh have, my gosh, I love it. So if you have an MRI that costs three thousand dollars and you find one for a thousand, uh, the insurance company will deposit a thousand dollars in a shared savings incentive account for you that you can use for future copays, deductibles, or premiums. And the sickest among us, the people that have chronic illness. They actually see these prices. They see the costs coming in when they when they get their bill, like six weeks later, and so they know where a lot of this stuff is cheaper. And there's you know people that have seven thousand dollar monthly infusion for something that they right. have an illness they have, and they can find it for three thousand dollars. That means they would get a check for two thousand dollars deposited in this account. It's very possible that the people who have a chronic illness could pay for their insurance premiums with their savings that they get. Now the other fifty percent of the savings lowers the cost for the insurance pool altogether. So this will drive down the cost of care for everyone, even though a small percentage of the people are shopping. And it brings full price transparency, and eventually, over time, will uh, will put downward pressure on prices for everyone too. So this is a drastic, you know, drastically different w- approach to healthcare. It's called free markets. And this is what we don't have today because there's no price transparency. A lot of people think that there's price transparency because you can see what the premiums cost. But it does, you have no price transparency in right. the underlying cost of care. Right. And so this bill, that's House File 638 in the House. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a hearing on this bill. So if you're listening and this sounds like a really good uh, thing that you would like to see, uh, email your legislator, call your legislator, and ask for a hearing on this bill. Wait, it, what House File number? House File 638. Okay. And if, uh, if you have a story about your experiences with, you know, a, a hip replacement surgery that was $40,000, but you found out later it was $22,000 across the street, the same doctor sometimes, um, send me those stories and send me those testimonials because I can use that in committee as a re- – because people are like, well, nobody's going to shop for care. I shop for care. I, I shop, for, shop care. for care. If, you, if There's a lot of people like me who pay cash. We shop for care. Right. And you may not shop for milk, but you know people do, and that drives the price down, makes right. things more competitive. Right. And that's what we need to do. This is a real kick in the teeth to insurance companies and to pharmaceutical companies who love masking the prices so they can continue to put, you know, raise the cost for everyone. Uh, we need to put down, downward pressure on pricing. In this bill, the Patient Right to Shop Act is absolutely going to you know, change this. And other states have done this. There's five other states that have been implemented this, and they've saved tens of millions of dollars in these insurance pools with just a small select few people wow. going out there and shopping. That is so great. Oh, we got to make that happen, listeners. we got to make it happen. I am furious at Greg Davids. I am so mad at him. And he came out and he said, please, 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 more reinsurance. And you might remember, too, last year, uh, the Republicans spent, what, three over $300 million giving the insurance companies all this money to try to hold down the cost of premiums. Well, Democrats screwed up health insurance so bad. Most people's premiums are skyrocketing. Their deductibles are simply unaffordable. You have a family of four with insurance costing them $20,000 a year and a deductible of another $20,000 a year. 
before you even set foot into a doctor's office. It's just absolutely insane. And 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 then Greg David says, yeah, let's do this again. Let's give the insurance companies more money. No, I like your bill way, way better as a way to reduce some of the incredibly high health care costs. Yeah, in, in, in the, uh, the, the, their, their approach to, to reducing costs through reinsurance is a, I, I, it's a terrible idea. It's, you know, it's basically saying to the insurance, I mean, you have insurance companies to offset risk. That's, they're supposed to be taking this risk. And when the, ins- the reinsurance program says the insurance company uh, pays for these, you know, you have a de- deductible of 10000 and the insurance company pays between 10000 and, you know, 50000 And then the state of Minnesota will pay right. all, the, all the costs between 50000 and a quarter million. And, and then the insurance company would cover stuff over the top. I mean, that's, that's the bulk of the risk. What are insurance companies doing if, if we're absorbing all the risk as taxpayers, and this is, by the way, all the taxpayers in Minnesota pay for this, but it's only benefiting people in the private market. And so it, it's, you know, a large group of people paying for this reinsurance program for such a small subset of people. And it is a, it's a total bailout for, for, you know, corporate insurance companies. And I understand where the insurance companies are coming from. They had government come in and they said, hey, guess what, insurance companies, you have to cover A, B, and C. Well, now you've got insurance companies that are covering me and you and Stan for pregnancy. It's not going to happen, but it doesn't matter. They still get to charge us for being pregnant, even though it won't won't ever happen. Or um, chemical dependency. I don't need chemical dependency coverage. Maybe Stan does after his trip up to the Lake of the Woods last weekend. But no, I'm kidding, Stan. I'm kidding. You should have seen his face. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? The bottom line is those should be choices that we make, not that the government comes down with the heavy hand of government, one size fits all. You're going to do it our way. Yeah. Well, I actually have to share an interesting story that happened in health and human services last week um, we heard a, we heard several bills on smoking cessation so programs that would help uh, keep youth away from smoking they discussed how important it was that uh, we prevent kids from vaping so they were going to spend a lot of money you know millions of dollars uh, preventing kids from vaping because they were targeting kids with their products they, they talk about the grape and can, cotton candy flavored vaping fluid um, but then I brought up in committee what's interesting a, a co-author on this bill is also the chief author of a legalization of marijuana bill that also legalizes edibles like gummy bears and lollipops that have high concentrations of THC. Would this cessation program also work to fix, you know, to prevent kids from from using those edibles? Oh, well, we're not here to debate medical or uh, recreational marijuana, Representative Munson. You know, so the government sometimes creates the same problems it's trying to solve. And you have, you know, there's the big push over there, you know this, um, trying to raise the tobacco age to 21, trying to raise the gun age to 21. But on the other hand, they're trying to lower the age to vote to 16. And then you've got your insurance mandates that mean that your your children can be covered under the parents policy until they're 26 years old. And you've got so many of the legislators who support some of the other stuff, but then they're just more quicker than quick ready to jump on board and take away freedoms from teenagers. And I'm like, you know, an 18-year-old can get married. An 18-year-old can join the military. An 18-year-old can sign sign a contract. An 18-year-old can can buy a house and do all of this kind of stuff. And now, and now, You've got people who are out there saying, no, they can't. Who is looking out for the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, Representative Munson? Who? Yeah, we need to make up our mind and when people are adults. You know, make up, you know, decide because they can't keep on doing this back and forth. I think the, the Secretary of State also wants to register 16-year-olds to vote. 
Uh, not not that they're going to be voting. They're going to rely on self-control, that the kids won't go there to vote till they're 18. Yeah, whatever. But they want to put them on the voter rolls. They want all the landlords <laughs> right? in Minneapolis to to hand a voter registration card to every tenant. We're suing them. Well, whether or not they're citizens or if they're students, and I don't know where they're registered to vote. Right. You know, this is, this is really scary stuff. It is scary stuff. And do you know that they're smoking on the light rail transit lines now? Yeah. And the Met Council has to put undercover cops. In 2018, the Met Council received 1,800 complaints about people smoking tobacco, marijuana, and e-cigarettes. Uh, so far in 2019... <laughs> And this was in February. Uh, they fielded nearly 600 complaints. So they're going to put undercover cops on there to stop the smoking. And just so you know, I have fought those smoke haters for 15 years. They lie. They are the biggest liars out there. Well, now there are a lot of liars out there, whether you're talking green energy or whatever you're talking about. But they are the biggest liars out there. And I call them out on it all the time, but there's not enough of me to go around, I'm sad to say. Uh, Stan wants us to take another break. When we come back, I still want to talk about the ERA thing last night. I still want to talk about I am. I'm, I fought this last year, and we stopped it, and I hope we can stop it again this year. Um, Tim Waltz has, has proposed in his budget, including an extra $100 a month for welfare recipients. So for like the last 30 years, these welfare recipients can get some $600 a month in cash. In cash. And, and they just scream about it every year. We need more cash. We need more cash. And I'm like, no, you don't need more cash. You don't need more cash. Now you get housing vouchers. You get food stamps. You get um, uh, medical. You get all of this other stuff. You, the last thing we should be giving you people is more cash. Whew. We'll take a quick break. We can talk about that in a minute. And wait till you hear this ERA stuff. That will, is really has me fired up. Stay tuned, everyone. Representative Jeremy Munson with Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. I'm with Representative Jeremy Munson. We're talking about the crazy over at the Capitol, and I mean crazy. Do you know the Senate, 5,000 bills, 5,000 bills introduced between the House and the Senate. One Minnesota Senate bill would appropriate $250,000 for a mural of Prince in downtown Minneapolis. Stan, I picked this one out for you. Increased watercraft fee would fund uh, research grants and for aquatic and invasive species in spite of the fact we have a bazillion taxes that are supposed to be paid for tell that you kind my, of uh, stuff four-wheeler registration went from twelve dollars and fifty cents for three years up to sixty dollars yeah <laughs> baby five hundred percent woohoo well jamie becker finn said if you can afford a boat or an atv or whatever you can certainly afford the extra charges so just suck it up and fork over the the money uh, in the House, House File 136 establishes net neutrality for Minnesota, uh, which shows you how ridiculous the uh, how ridiculous the the Democrats are. Uh, House File 588, uh, they had an uh, informational hearing on this one to overturn an earlier law that prevents local areas from banning single-use plastic bags and other similar items. So because the government came in, the legislature came in last year and said, guess 
guess what, you stupid local entities? You don't get to come in and pass stupid things like banning single-use plastic bags and other similar items. And now, of course, the Democrats want to overturn that and say, yeah, if the cities want to ban plastic bags or straws or what did St. Paul just ban last week, to-go containers again. And, you know, Minneapolis just lost a lawsuit on their to-go ban. And the, the courts basically said, yeah, sorry, business owners, your city can be as stupid as they want to be because you know what? You voted them in. So if you don't like it, vote them out. So guess what, Minneapolis? Throw their sorry butts out of there. Okay, so there's some other crazy stuff going on. Representative Munson, oh, I just put my list away. Oh, here we go. Yeah, you know, um, on, the, on, the, on the local issue, I, I'm actually for local control. So I think that we should be, we shouldn't be preempting local governments from making stupid decisions. You know, if Minneapolis wants to do some stupid things, I think we should let them. I I agree with you in theory on that. But I was just I was a bar owner in bar and restaurant owner in Minneapolis. And I know so many business owners and I do business consulting for a lot of them. And the first thing I tell them is get the hell out of Minneapolis. But and a lot of them have, you know, a lot of them have. But on the other hand, you know, you've got these local nut jobs that's and i can't say i can't even say anything nice about them they make it so difficult they kill the golden goose they make it so difficult to do business in their cities you you can't run a bar and restaurant on 15 dollars an hour in very many places you just can't yeah but yeah i agree with you in theory you know that you're talking about the prince mural earlier i know um, but, you know when prince died he didn't have an estate plan set up so I- I know. Enormous, and uh, the state of Minnesota is so happy. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. That's right. They're not, not everyone is as smart as Governor Dayton, who sets up a trust fund in South Dakota where they don't have these taxes. <laughs> Correct. So part of our tax, our budget for the New House Republican Caucus is to eliminate the inheritance tax. Yes. Yeah. We, we, you know, part of this is, is uh, there'll be a little bit of a loss for the revenue that we get. But it will, I mean, people will stay here longer as opposed to moving their domicile to states that don't have an inheritance tax. It's part of people's estate planning. So uh, we want to keep our seniors here and not shove them down to Florida or South Dakota or North Dakota. So we want to keep them here. And this is getting rid of the inheritance tax uh, for the state tax is, is really important. Um, we also had a couple of other taxes we're getting rid of. Um, we're, we're sick and tired of taxing the sick. So this, uh, the provider tax, which is the 2% tax on your health care, um, we want to eliminate that, and that puts a, a large hole, about $462 million a year that we would lose in revenue and in, in for the uh, health care access fund. Um, but I want to offset that by $534 million a year uh, in all of our liquor taxes, our cigarette taxes, and our tobacco settlement money. We're going to – in this plan, I want to bring the, that money into the fund, in which is what a lot of the other countries do. Like Canada and most of Europe pays for – much of their health care with these sin taxes. And so that, that makes sense as opposed to just putting it in the general fund and letting the, the Democrats just pillage it. You're not going to go crazy on those sin taxes, are you? No, we're, we're, not, we're not increasing sin taxes. We're just putting them in the health care access fund where we think they belong. Um, we also want to make tax, uh, tips tax-free. So if you work yes. in the industry, you're a bartender, you're a barista, you have a, you have a man bun somewhere, you're working... <laughs> You know, and you're working on tips uh, or, you know, you have I a, just told my daughter, don't bring home a guy with a man bun, honey. Just don't. Just don't. So so if you have a communications degree and you're working for tips, uh, you will no longer have to pay uh, state income tax on your tips. <laughs> I and, love that. Yeah, and so that's and then we also want to eliminate the tax on Social Security. Oh, 
Oh, my God, that would be so great. That is another Why do we tax Social Security? We're one of just a handful of states that do it. Yeah, and, you know, why kick our seniors when they retire, um, not only with the inheritance tax, but why are we taxing Social Security when they're living on a fixed income? So our plan removes the uh, tax on Social Security, and and that's what a lot of people have been asking for, and we're, we're putting this in our budget uh, to get rid of it. I the new Republicans did such a great job on that. I could um I could tell you stories about the death tax. I could tell you stories about social security taxes. I could tell you stories about um tipped employees. So many stories. We'd be here for till next Saturday if I told you all those stories. I can't really say much about the sick sick tax, but it just makes no sense to me why you would tax sick people. Right. They're sick. Right. They're, why, why make them pay more? <laughs> it's just so crazy. And Governor Waltz, like Governor Dayton, seems to think that is such a such a great idea. Yeah. And this tax is supposed to sunset at the end of this year. Right. And so the Democrats are really trying to secretly kind of campaign on continuing it or removing the sunset. No, they want to raise the tax on sick people. Right. That's what they want to do. I warned them. I warned them when they passed it. This I think on this air that you you're going to this do, do it now. Sunset it right now because people are going to forget about it and then all of a sudden it's going to come time to sunset and they're going to say, "Oh no, 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 no. We need that money." And I will remind people, we're sitting the state of Minnesota because they tax the snot out of us. Are there the state is sitting on billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And I, I sit in committee. I love to add sunsets to these bills that come through, these studies or these programs. The opioid bill came through the committee, and I offered a sunset on that bill. They want to tax, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies and wholesalers distributed. Not a penny pill this year. They want to tax twenty million dollars right. to the to the industry, regardless of how many pills are sold here. They've already cut the prescriptions in half. They're already solving the problem of prescription opioids being a problem. Okay, prescription opioids weren't a problem. The real problem is illegal heroin and fentanyl. That's the real problem. They've turned it into this crisis because they confuse the prescription one with the illegal stuff and the whatever the synthetic stuff. Well, I, and it makes me so furious. You know who's getting hurt by that so bad? Elderly. Pain, well, elderly, yeah, pain people. patients, yep. people with cancer. And their it, life. Yeah. I, they're committing suicide because they're in so much pain because the government all of a sudden jumped in. I wish I would have been at the Capitol a couple weeks ago when they had all those people over there fighting against this. They had like 1,300 people over there. And if I would have known, I would have been there. And I don't take pain, dr- pain drugs um, because, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect. But besides that, um, and yes, I've had to use pain medication and I don't abuse it because when I need it, I want it to work, yeah. you know, but but pain patients or cancer patients or elderly people, they've made their lives miserable because they they conflated what the crisis was. They lumped it all in together and they're making way too many, way too many people suffering. Yeah, we have an addiction problem in this in this state, in this country that we need to address. But the, the companies that were overprescribing or, or putting people with a tooth extraction and a 30-day supply of opiates, um, that's changed. Wow. And, and they want to they hit what the What pharma- dentist do they go to? They want to they <laughs> kick yeah. the pharmaceutical company in the head by putting this enormous tax on them. But the overwhelming majority, I think 80 or 90 percent of the prescriptions in Minnesota are actually generic companies who had nothing to do with this overmarketing and lying to doctors, telling it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't addictive. So it's a terrible, uh, the opioid uh, $20 million stewardship fee is a terrible bill. It's a terrible bill, horrible bill. I want to sunset it after, after four years, and that was rejected in committee.
That is just so ridiculous. We have to kill that bill. That is just absolutely horrible. Here's what I want people to understand, whether you're talking about the corporate tax, whether you're talking the penny a pill tax, whatever, the $20 million. You know what the bottom line is? The bottom line is they pass that cost on to us. They don't pay it. They pass it on to us, which drives up our costs. Will you stay another segment so we can do ERA? Absolutely. Please, please. Yes. All right, good, because we have to do that one. I cannot let you out the door without doing that one. All right. Um, Everyone, we'll be right back. I'm very thankful Jeremy Munson is going to stay for one more segment. You've got to hear about this ERA bill. It is the most anti-woman bill you have ever heard in your entire life. I swear a man wrote it, and I love men. I don't mean to insult men when I say so something like that. But women, this bill is just, you you do not want to pass this bill and they want to make it a constitutional amendment that we can vote on it. So stay tuned, everyone. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers with Representative Jeremy Munson, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.